The Boston Marathon is basically full of young women and old men. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galley Girls. And we are going to talk a little bit about the Boston Marathon today since everybody is who has applied is waiting to find out if they got in. And we're going to kind of dissect, like, where are you in the pack? In the pack? Like, what is it? Is it is it really that hard to qualify for Boston? Or is it not? Is it, you know, is it that everybody around you is qualifying and you're not? Well, that's <laughs> not the answer. That's definitely not true. Um, but we're going to look at some of the data that around average finish times. And I dissected two marathons, and then we have some data about Boston. So yeah. it's going to be a fun episode. And then we'll probably talk about some our training updates. Yeah, we should talk too. about training updates. It's Yeah, it's really interesting because right now the, everyone's speculating on what the cutoff's going to be um, and stressing out everyone who's applied and, and, and has, a cut, has a time that's qualifying them. It's, like, stressing. And it's going to be stressful. Let's talk about the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. as a goal. So the Boston Marathon, these cutoff times – were are arbitrary. Like they're absolutely arbitrary. They don't represent fifty percent of runners. Like, I mean, it can feel when you're scrolling on Instagram, depending on who you're following, it can feel like everyone qualifies for Boston except you. And the Boston Marathon is hard to qualify for. Yeah, <laughs> it's and even recently, it has been even harder to get to run it. Than it is to qual like getting to actually get in is you know even harder than qualifying and one of the reasons why it's so hard to get in after you qualify is that there's disproportionately um, young younger women women under the age of thirty five who it is easiest. To qualify when you are younger, which that goes against conventional logic. We have said over and over and over, just get older, don't get slower, (laughs) and we'll qualify. But believe it or not, by the numbers, it is easier to qualify for Boston when those times are faster if you are a woman. Yeah, well, biologically, I mean, there is a slowdown in, and um, actually I think this was in one of the articles, there's a shift in both professionals and amateur runners, mm-hmm. the shifts, there's kind of two drop-off times, and this goes male, female as well, both. 35 is your first drop-off time. Oh, okay. And then 50. And that's oh. when, like, you'll see, so that's where, like, if you look at all the data of all the marathon runners, you'll see, like, people really taking, you know, starting to slow down. And so that's why, yeah, under 35 would make sense that, like, yeah. those women, those, you know, late 20s, early 30s probably have a slightly skewed, more easier time to qualify than older women. And I think, like, from a you know, anecdotal standpoint, we didn't really look at trying until we were 35 right. plus. So that's where we are saying get older. <laughs> because right. for us, well, it's like that's what's going to work. And, you know, I think, uh, I think the age at which people enter marathoning, um, if you were to enter marathoning younger, mm-hmm. and let's say you were to enter marathoning at 25, 26, and then have that five years of work, you should be able to get, like, you know, if you are kind of at that, if you are in the top 50% of marathoning when you enter marathoning around in your 20s, you should be able to have the improvement to be able to qualify for Boston. And now the the top 50%, the mean 
the mean time or the average time of someone, and I only dissected 35 to 39 and 40 to 41, these are just sub five hours. So that's like your benchmark. If your first marathon is just sub five hours, I think you have a shot and you're in your 20s. I think you have a shot at qualifying for Boston. Bold statement. Yeah. Bold statement. Because I think you... If it's your first marathon and you're under five, I think all it takes is a little bit of work um, to get there. Because if it's your first marathon, your half is probably, you know, 208. Yeah. You know, if you're 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 450-ish. Yeah, somewhere for, yeah, 205 to 220. You have, you can make that improvement. And if it's in your first two or three years of running, you have five to 10%. I mean, you have much bigger improvements in the marathon, your first couple ones. But the reason I say that Boston's full of <laughs> full of young women and old men is we look at age 18 to 39 runners in Boston. And I'm looking at 2019 data because that is um, that is the year that the the buffer for the cutoff was 451 and they changed the cutoff times for the next race for the 2020 race. Right. Um, and we're looking at, uh, of runners that got in, we're looking at 5,700 men and 6,460 women. Uh, so uh, 6,467 women and, you know, 55,711 uh, men. That's a huge amount of more women yeah. than that is men. Especially considering more, you know, at that age range, I think more <clears throat> women or more men are actually still marathoning. But marathoning. Yeah. And that data actually holds for most age groups that more men are completing marathons. More and men then, have probably the time and the less family commitments maybe that they go and, you know, and then and you go for it. You go to forty to forty-four, you've got two hundred more men than women in that age group. And then you go to forty five to forty. It's not even it's like hundred and thirty. Okay. It's really close, basically. It's really close. Is like but it's still more within, men. Yeah. It's still more men. And then forty five to forty nine, you've got us uh, 700 yeah. more men. And so as you creep up, you've got like thousand like almost a thousand more men in in other categories as you get older. And it's so. like good 20 30%. It starts <laughs> to increase to where it's, you know, 50% women to men and so on and like in the oh gosh, the 60s age groups, it's like really sad to look at that like there's but, half as many women as men. But what's tough is overall you've got 16,550 men and only 13,684 women. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a 50-50 split running the Boston Marathon. So that lets us know that the women's age group, the women's times over 35 are too fast and the the qualifying time is, so is too stringent. It's it's too strict. And so the one way to solve this would be if Boston went to kept these same qualifying times, right? And let's say they went by like buffer by age group, right? They took everyone who applied and they said, okay, great. All of these people have qualifying times. In 30, like we had... 
way more women in thir- under 35 apply than, you know, we have spaces. So let's make the buffer for that time five minutes. But, oh, look, let's make the buffer at 60, zero. Like, you apply, like, okay, we've, you know, just kind of figure it out to where you've got different buffers for different age groups. Well, and the that that thought, though, is very, like, that's to make it an even number, an equal number. And then you have to decide, well, is that really what it's about? Because equal men versus women, is that actually fair? Because then you could argue that, Men aren't given the same chance, so let's say. Well, I would say men would. I I would say they would decide, right? They would look at these numbers and they would say, okay, we have uh, six thousand spots in under. Like we have six thousand spots for eighteen to thirty nine men and six thousand spots for eighteen to thirty nine women, and they figure that out. And then they've got, okay, we have twenty one hundred spots for. 40 to 44 men and 40 to 44 women. And then you would take the average, right? And then in 45 to 49, okay, great. We've got, you know, 2,500 spots in each gender. And like, you just go that way. And if they don't have those those applicants, it would go to another group that did have the applicants. So if, let's say there were only 2,100 women who applied for 2,500 spots, those 400 could go to younger women, right? Mm-hmm. So th- so basically, I'm just saying make each age group equal numbers and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just to make it, because I think right. that the qualifying times, I think for young men are so hard that they too should... You have know, a, right, have a break. They too basically. should get a break on years with low applicant numbers, that it yeah. really should be by age group. I'm just thinking, like, so in terms of even, so this, um, by the way, the study from Plus One was that, like, you did a whole deep dive. I did like a your deep, study. Yeah, I, then, I did a five minute, <laughs> five minute summary of data in my analytical brain. <laughs> yeah, and then we also have this article from Plus One that was, it was updated in 2023 in April. It's data driven evaluation of Boston Marathon qualifying. Time, qualified times, and um, in it, you know, they serve. They looked at data from a total of 3.2 million runners over the course of about like 10 years, but 3.2 million runners, marathon finishers, 1.3 million of them are women, 1.9 million of them are men. Yeah. Because again, more men are finishing. So if I look at the these stats and say, well, okay, that that would there should actually be more men in the marathon by default then because you know, as a percentage. So if, if 10% of all um, you know, runners what, qualify, then that how 10% much, of, there's more men. But how much of that is left over still from marathoning being, I mean, yes. women didn't get the marathon it's, in the Olympics right, until, until 1984. The, right. Until we were already born. Right. Like, and even so, when they added women to Boston, like, so when they first, you know, started adding a time qualifier, which I think was 1970, they had the the men's and women's standard were exactly the same, right? And they didn't change it till much later, it was either the eighties or nineties, where they added this thirty minute, um, uh, you know, disparity between men and women. And that, by the way, this article says that they could not find anything that showed that that thirty minutes was backed by anything. It's an arbitrary thirty minutes. So again, right. that goes to like that's are women saying. really slower or but, but are that's, you know that's what I'm saying. The men's the young men's qualifying time yeah. for Boston is it's too hard. fast. And the young women's qualifying time is too easy. Yeah. 
But then as we get older, the men's qualifying times are too easy. The older men and the women's are too hard. The fact that a 50-year-old man and a 35-year-old woman have the same qualifying time, I got to tell you, it's a lot easier for, it's a lot easier for a 50-year-old man. Right. You know, I remember talking to a former coach of mine. We had the same qualifying time this before they changed it. It was 340. And I'm like... I mean, 340 puts you, so 340 puts you in the New York City Marathon in the top 5% of women age 40 to 44, even, I mean, even just being under four hours puts you in the top 15% of women in the New York City. Actually, it's it's both 15% in the New York City and the Marine Corps in 35 to 39. That's a high, like, to be under four hours. Yeah. Um, that's that's hard. Whereas I think, I don't think, a, you know, sub four hour puts you that high of a percentage for men. I yeah, just don't. Yeah, to pull like, that data and check it I, yeah. I'm going to, you know, actually the Marine Corps <laughs> data is pretty great because you can you can grab the whole table and then just paste it into a spreadsheet. I mean, it takes some like formatting, but that's yeah. how I was able to get so much more data for for the Marine Corps than I was in New York City. Yeah, and, and it depends on which races you look at. So, like Marine Corps New York City versus, um, you know, I think this study used a bunch of um, some that were like it did use Marine Corps. It used Philly. It used. Oh, um, here it is. So Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Twin Cities, Houston, Philadelphia, California, CIM, Marine Corps, Grandmas, and Honolulu. I think CIM skews that data, though. I think using a fast BQ. Chicago is a major. It's a major. Grandmas is also a a faster, like a a BQ marathon. But then like New York and Los Angeles are slower ones. Right. So when I was looking, so when I was looking at what to kind of, which marathons and like I yeah. I got bored after two. Um, <laughs> but I, I was like, okay, well, I have to pick marathons that are people's races, that are for the masses. Right. Because to pick races like CIM, when my BQ time puts me in, like, the top 30% of finishers, my BQ put me there. Like, my BQ didn't matter. Oh, Whereas yeah. any other race, race, my BQ would put me in the top 4% right. of finishers. Like, that's that's where I was like, okay, I only want to look at races that, that are, are like, really, average finish time. That are, that. like, people aren't going to get a BQ, they're going to experience their yeah. first marathon because that's a better snapshot of the population. Whereas, like, you would also not want to use a Disney race because right. people don't go to Disney races to race, to, to race yeah. they, right? So you really have to think about, like, is this a snapshot of the running population? And I think, more, like, majors, like, I, I almost picked Flying Pig because I feel like that's another one where people are just going to experience a marathon. Right. It doesn't have the so. same cachet or whatever. Like, so they, yeah, so the, they chose these races because um, all of them except for Honolulu are top qualifying marathons for Boston. But they chose them because it's a sample, it's a geographic sample, and they're 10 oh. of the largest in the U.S. So it gives you a huge sample size. And that's why they, you know, because yeah. if you went and chose, like, 
What I would just, beach is what, I think the only one that I would say not to include would be California CIM. International. I guess it's a larger race. it's so fast. It's so fast. Like, the field is so fast. It's the top OTQ in the nation. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so they, um, they essentially, the data there... The time correlated to the top four to nine percent. It's almost like, but like it's almost like using the Boston Marathon to get average marathon finishing. Right, exactly. Like, right, like you're not gonna. Yeah, the, so it's four, top four percent of men, and the top nine percent of women are, are who ends up falling into what they, you know, t- the the BQ range. See, and that that the top nine percent. The majority of that, based on these numbers, and granted, this is a very small sample size from these two races, are under thirty. Yeah, are, they're, they're under thirty nine. Yeah, and so oh, yeah, for sure, um, it's it's a it's skewed heavily towards like the women are all much younger, and then if you get into the older age groups, it's it's they almost tiny disappear. numbers of finishers. They, yeah, they almost disappear, and. And I think, like, I'm not saying that Boston needs to be fair because I think it's great, it's fantastic, that it's something to work for. I'm saying that if you never run a Boston qualifying time, it does not mean anything because these times are arbitrary. They are made up in order to have an exclusive race. And there are plenty of ways to get to run the Boston Marathon, which, to be honest, it was... I mean, it was fine. Hot take. It was fine. <laughs> it wasn't like... It wasn't mind-blowing. It wasn't... Okay, I got to tell you, best cheering section in any marathon ever, Richmond. Ooh. Richmond, that little area... Friendliest okay, marathon Before you... Okay, you know, America. like, all right, mile six or six or something before you go down that big hill, mm-hmm. and how it's just, like, there's so many people out, like, cheering yeah. on that little stretch uh, before you cross the bridge. It's not really... Yeah, it's the bridge, and then you go down that really big hill, the fast, super yes. fast mile. Like, that area, it's, like, it's like exactly where you want some energy. And then the best part of... Richmond or any marathon are beautiful, scenic, quiet miles early. Yeah. So that you don't get exhausted. Right. Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. And then Richmond has Richmond has great cheering. I thought yeah, Boston Richmond does. was everyone comes out. Yeah. I thought Boston was fine. It was it was great. There's a <laughs> lot of cheering, but I gotta tell you, it's exhausting. To have that much cheering. Like, there were no quiet, peaceful moments yeah. during Boston. I kind of felt like the way with Chicago, the cheering didn't, like, I don't know. It was it was just, like, Chicago just felt like Chicago it was Chicago has loud. more energy It was energetic and loud, but I didn't feel, yeah, I agree with you. I kind of like to have some quiet to where I'm not, like, yeah, yeah it's just that, you know, that's hot. hitting my senses too much. <laughs> Super hot take that my favorite part of Richmond are those quiet miles, oh, like, down this. after that ri- after Oh, by that the hill. river. Yeah, by, by the, the river. Oh, my gosh. And then, and then my favorite miles in Marine Corps are in Rock Creek. Yes. <laughs> where it's also quiet. Yes, true. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, maybe I need to run more soon. I could now marathon. I think we have, like, we might have some auditory sensory issues, okay? <laughs> We're like, I don't want all that noise. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hot take. The Boston Marathon was fine. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what's, yeah, it obviously has that prestige. But I love that, yeah, like you said, there's, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And, you know, I'm reading I'm reading Alexi Pappas' book right now, Um 
And her her first book is I guess she's coming out with a new one this year for like young for teenagers, which will be cool. Oh, that is cool. And so I guess what's her book? Bravey, brave. And um, she, I loved this quote I just read last night where she says, and you know I'm gonna mess it up, but she's like, she's talking about when she was in high school and where her coaches were focused on you know fitness, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, fitness is a point in time on what like that specific moment in time your yeah. fitness. Health is what we really need to be focusing on. Health is much broader than, you know, it's health oh. is, is your health, your, like, your status in life. Because there were other girls on her team who had, of course, eating disorders. Right. And, you know. And they had great fitness, great for, the, fitness. for a snapshot. Exactly. But not great overall health. Oh, terrible that is, health. That you know? is a really, really, really great point because I was probably, I probably had the best fitness uh, the fall of 2019. But when you qualified. When I qualified and I was training, but I had so much stress in my life and like my overall health was not good. I mean, I have no idea how I didn't blow up. Yeah. I mean, probably genetics and probably genetics and like my ability to just handle stress. Like, right. Like... My body is so used to being in a stress state that it can push through and perform anyway. But, like, it was probably the worst time in, like, my career and with everything that going on at work and personal life stuff. Everything was just completely stressful. Like, I was drinking a ton, um, you know, to kind of, like, get by. I was, like, eating barely any... I mean, I was eating a lot compared to somebody who didn't work out. Right. But... But probably not enough. Definitely. No, definitely not enough. Yeah. Because I would do things like eat a whole bag of roasted broccoli for dinner and that's it. Oh, my gosh. Like, but it was a it was a large volume of food. And I, I would, I mean, eat... Like, I've always been somebody who goes to Chipotle and finishes their meal and is like, maybe I should get something else. Yeah, I need some Whereas, chips like, that. other people, <laughs> like, go to Chipotle and they're like, they have half and they're like, they- I'm going to save this for later. <laughs> no. This is so much food. I, like, used to joke, I'm like, am I the only person who looks at Chipotle and goes, this is not enough food? Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, I so mean, had probably overall health wise was yeah not, was not. not yeah, I definitely like I was on the edge of of blow up. Yeah. And so, fitness and health—that's a really, really good distinction. And so, mate, like getting to a place of being really fit while being overall healthy is—I mean—that's a. That is definitely the goal. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like that's much more valuable than having like a moment mm-hmm. in time where you get really fit, but you know, and you're fit for that moment in time, but you overall are not healthy or you, it's not sustainable. Like hey, again, I got a hot take. Yeah, guess what? No one cares what your finish time was. That's right. No one cares. Stop putting qualifiers right. on. I finished in this time. It but. was yeah. It was X off this. Nobody cares. Right. Or but, but I had these things happen or if the weather hadn't done this or if if I hadn't cares. been sick, nobody cares. I ran this time. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Yep. This is what I did today. Great. That's it. That's it. Nobody cares about your time. Stop knocking yourself down. (laughs) Yeah. Stop qualifying. Stop trying to justify why you weren't four seconds faster or three minutes faster. Who cares? Now, if you want to, I would say 
analysis to actually do that's kind of cool, right? Is I started off at this pace, I did slow to this pace. In my next race, I'm gonna work on not slowing down. Like, right? Give yeah. yourself little goals because guess what? Nobody cares what your finish time was. Your finish time means nothing to anyone. Um, and it really honestly shouldn't mean anything to you. Your finish time isn't about the process, but process goals, like working to not slow down, that's a goal that. I mean, like, is kind of, I don't know. I don't think anybody actually cares about it either. But I know that working on running faster in the back half, like, made me so much more proud of my runs than any finish time ever could. Like, I don't know that I talked about, like, my year where after 2016, I was in a car accident. And for a year after that, I worked on every single race. I divided the race in half and I ran the first half easy. And then I worked on the back half, just slowly speeding up through the back half of the race. And we're not talking like, because we've talked about this before. Yeah, you didn't just work on starting easy. You worked on starting like too easy, like easier than you would think that, you know, it, so you clearly weren't going out there no. to race any of these races. They were, a goal was to negative split and you took it out very slow intentionally. So like I would run, like I ran a 10 mile miler and I think I took it out in like 10 minute miles. And then at mile five, after mile five, I was like, okay, I'm going to start at 850 and I'm going to go 850, 840, 830. <laughs> and I was like, just, and then I was like, once I get to 830, hold. Like that was kind of the, yeah. the goal. And I was able to run times like, 128, which doesn't sound very fast, but when you run a 128 and you start it off in 10 minute miles, it's a fantastic time, (laughs) you know? So that's, that was very intentional. And I did that for like a year. Yeah. And that, that's what made me good at the marathon. (laughs) Like I I swear, like that's what made me good at being patient in a race. And that's what made me good at pushing when I was tired because I learned to push I learned to like almost like like learn what tired really was, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, I'll have to like pull all of that to like really talk about like should you should you spend some time negative splitting? <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because it did. I feel like you trained yourself by doing that for so long. You really did learn, yeah, patience and you trained yourself to finish stronger than you start and like that's just such a rare quality and so um yeah anybody can do it I haven't learned to do that I've got a handful of races that have that's happened for me but like it's it's definitely an outlier yeah and you know even though you can also practice that even in just training runs and we were doing that like yesterday where if you've got interval you know you've got your intervals and you're set to 30 30s and you're starting to run a little faster in some of those 30 second um you know run segments hold and build each one. Mm-hmm. Don't start out the gate fast. And this goes the same with when you go and do your quarter mile repeats, half mile repeats, mile repeats. Don't start out the gate at all out speed. Start out slow and build and build and build. And it really is so hard because if you start out too fast on that, you cannot. You, you're dying at the end of it and you can't yeah. push any further. So, Well, and then recovery recovery is harder too. It is. You know, like... Um, I, I like to see my run segments like on my Garmin data, like go like this, like go up versus like go down. Right. Because I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, but so we talked a little bit about Boston. We're talking a little bit about health, but 
how fast is Boston? So I, I alluded to this a little bit. I took data from Marine Corps. If you're getting a Boston qualifying time and you are 30, actually, if you're kind of in our whole demographic, 35 to 44, you're in the top four and a half percent if you're qualifying for Boston at Marine Corps. That's minuscule. So where are you if you are at in the middle of the pack? So the mean time, the very middle time for women 35 to 39 was 454.53. And for 40 to 44 was 457 flat. But the average time um, is just a little bit slower, about three minutes slower in both areas. So if you are around five hours, you are dead center in the middle of the pack. Yeah. So if your goal is to be under five hours, that is an amazing, like that still puts you in the middle. Right. Like, or the top half, once you, you're right under 49% of, you know, under 51% of the rest of the runners. And that's what I think you get, you know, um, you lose sight of. Yes, exactly. When you're, especially when you're following a lot of runners on like Instagram and you're seeing all these fast people who, Mm -hmm. you know, drop these times, like it's nothing. And you're like, well, I'm still like a five hour marathon or does that mean I'm just not, you know, you're tying your worth that and like, I'm not, I'm not a real runner. I don't, whatever. You're still faster than half the field. Right. And, you know, or about, about as fast as half the field. And that's like, that's amazing. And that's it's, actually of, of women. So, I mean, you have to... And and I know that this is, like, a, such a dumb adage, but, like, you're also faster than everyone who has never run a marathon. Running a marathon is such an accomplishment. Yes. And, like, it's so easy to lose sight of the fact that just finishing is not just finishing. Right. It is so hard. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, I mean, you should be proud of yourself. Even just doing... Actually... What do you think? Is running a marathon harder or is doing the training for a marathon harder? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Because marathons are brutal, but it's the training and getting up every day that's, like, that's what really, you know. Being trained, like, getting trained for a marathon is is the hardest part. Because I think there are are so many people who, I think so many people could go out there not being trained and could complete a marathon in the bottom, you know, in the bottom 20%, right? Mm-hmm. Wake up, say, I want to go do a marathon, right. get there, like move from point A to point B, right. 26.2 miles. They may hate life for the next month, yeah. but I think so many people could just finish that I think actually dedicating yourself to training for a marathon, even if your training is not perfect, even if your training mm-hmm. is, is just 60%, um, of what it should be, you're you're not hitting that benchmark of you know eighty percent of your training. I think that is harder than just finishing a marathon. Yeah, getting so. through the race itself, which again is really really hard. So like, although <laughs> if you finish a marathon, you are already you know a huge. It's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and although you're in the top like one percent of you know all runners. You know what's crazy is. Um, it's not like you can do that anymore. You can't just, like, go, like, oh, I heard the marathons this weekend. I'm going to go <laughs> sign up for it. Like, yeah. races fill up so fast now that it's, like, almost impossible to 
decide, like, oh, I'm going to go run a marathon last minute. (laughs) Unless it's, like, yeah, probably some of the, you know, smaller ones or small town ones, I bet there's still time that you could just jump in. But you probably don't want to do that if you're just jumping into one. You want to do a big one. You want to do a big one. (laughs) Yeah. I saw someone asking the other day, if any, does anybody happen to have a a bib for Chicago? And I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's a little bit, no. (laughs) Chicago doesn't even have transfers. No. No. Exactly. Because it's a major. So. I mean, that's that's a whole other thing. Getting into them itself is is hard enough. Yeah. I mean, isn't Chicago's a lottery, right? Yes. So Chicago has a lottery and a time qualifier. Oh, and and Chicago has the charities. And the one of the tricks with Chicago and the charities is you can actually get in before the lottery, before the lottery with the charities, and usually your fundraiser is lower yeah. if you commit before the lottery date. I think it's so, the same if you're for like for New York for a lot of them. So oh, okay. like for New York, if you decide you're going to New York next year, go and get the charity in January, December, January of this you know this coming year, rather than waiting till February for the lottery. Right. If you're sure you want to do it, because the lottery is 16 percent chance to get in. So. If yeah. next year's your year, then just go ahead and, and sign up with a charity, and you'll be glad you did, and, you know, then you have that guaranteed spot. Yeah, and you know what's kind of cool? Like, I remember Chicago, Chicago had a really low fundraising minimum. Yep. I think it was, like, if you did it after the sign-up for, I mean, this was back in 2017. Well, tw- yeah, 2018 I did it with um, yeah, team and training. But I did it, I signed up before the lottery in 17, mm-hmm. and it, I only had to raise $1,000. Yeah, it was $1,000 like, before, and then I think it was like 1500 if you wait till after lottery. And like, it was right. really reasonable. And also, like, raising money for charity, I know we've talked about this before, raising money and running for a charity can bring this new, like, sense of purpose to your running yeah. running can be such a selfish sport in and you can get distracted by the idea of chasing goals that you can really like lose sight of the process and running for a charity can really help you like get a renewed sense of purpose with your yeah. running um my some of my favorite races have been with the charities and then one of my favorite things ever is like towards the end of the race like finding someone else who has my charity bib and like if they're struggling, helping them through at the finish line. That's awesome. Which um, I actually, uh, 2018 in Chicago, I met this guy, Chris, who was team in training, and we kind of, like, tried to finish together. I was like, come on, you can do it, we can go. I'm like... That's right. You know, so... Oh, my goodness. But whatever time you're going after, remember, you should be going after a good time, not a time on the clock. So make sure you're having fun out there. Um, Remember, even if you're not feeling well, there's always a way to reset your race. Um, Reset mentally, reset, even resetting physically. Eat a little bit more food, Mm -hmm. take a little bit longer of a walk if you need to, and then start again. Um, pretty much anything is kind of recoverable <laughs> in a marathon. If Des Linden can use the bathroom or can wait for yes. Shalane to use the bathroom in Boston and, and then, then go win. on to win, then <laughs> right. then you can take a five-minute walk and yeah. then still go on and have a great day. That was something that I was noticing, actually, in Elizabeth's book, um, talking again about Boston Bound. She was so focused on finish times that she would give up on her race with 10 miles yeah. to go, 20 miles, like, even as early as, you know, eight miles in. And it's, like, it's, like, you, mentally, she was just, like, 
up, it's not going to happen, I'm done. And, you know, there's still so much time to reset, you know. Yeah, I know. That's a a really hard thing to learn. And so I think, yeah, you can get so focused on that in the moment. And the same thing during training cycles. You can get focused from the outside of what you thought you were training for. Yeah. Time-wise. And then you do have to reevaluate throughout the cycle. And we did that with Mountains to Beach. We did a really yeah. good job of reevaluating what is actually what is actually possible well, what based our, on what we What was our, like, original running. goal with Mountains to Beach? Because I, I was pretty sure it was just finished. <laughs> I think we had – well, no. So we did have – so where my fitness was after New York. Yeah. We knew that I was I could have run somewhere maybe three fifty to three fifty five. And so we kind of talked about that, even though you didn't have the base right before that. We talked about that being a Oh right, right, right. That's right. At three fifty. That's right. Yeah. And I originally I put that in with Jeff. I was like, okay, this is gonna be the goal. We're gonna do this. And then like I did not come back fast. But then what's funny is like Toward, as we got closer to Mountains to Beach, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I think we can do this. Yes, <laughs> right, especially, and like, when... I still think if we had had a good day, it probably yeah. would have happened. Oh, we would have been... I think we would have been sub-four. I think we were we were really close to being oh. sub-four based on, like, okay. our that at that day, that time and place. But, yeah, and I also had, with my planter, I wasn't, oh, you know, yeah. in a position to, like, really train that well that this spring we both just yeah and then with life stress so we just like I mean we just I, didn't do a lot of the runs I at still all. think had we done the training we would have yeah. been I think <laughs> I think our time like as much as it was humid that day at Mountain to Beach I think um our our slowdown and our time was 100% lack of training oh yeah and had nothing to do with the conditions on the day and anybody who is I mean, anybody who's blaming the conditions on the day needs to look back at their training log a little yeah. bit closer. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's so often, so often you can blame the heat, Outside the weather, factors. whatever. But, like, you have to you have to take that personal responsibility. Yes. Because there have been some real shitty days that I have run real great. So. Yeah. And, like, a lot of other people have, too. Like. So, um, yeah. I mean, that course is not easy. I still like it. I love still it. It's like a great Mountain course. Retail. Still run it's, that any day. It's quiet. We love it because <laughs> is that what it is? Have we like There's, figured out, cracked the code yeah, that we, I just want to run quiet? We just marathons. want like because it's got the bike path. It's got yeah. the neighborhoods where there's like a couple people out with their coffee. Like, hey. It's like yeah. it's like a, it's like an everyday run, and we just like that. It's the best marathon even. for me would just be like go out to the W and O and just run on the just W and Like we but don't like need out crowds. and back, like not yeah. even a point to point. We don't need crowds. We just need you know a trail without a timing mat, a timing mat, and a trail without uh, you know cars. That's um, so funny. That's, it's beautiful, oh. too, though. It's so scenic. Yeah, that's, um, that's hilarious. I mean, so, people do ask me all the time. They're like, don't you get bored running the same route? And I'm like, no. No, <laughs> no actually, I don't. It's, it's so much better than having to think about where right. you have to turn or it's, anything. It's I like just comforting. having blinders on. And, but exactly. Yeah. I like that I know, like, I'm not going to trip. <laughs> like... 
it's yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's it's yeah. it doesn't turn. It's yeah. straight. It doesn't just have too many road go. crossings. It doesn't have too many hills, but it's got enough enough hills. It yeah. has enough hills to train you for a downhill yes. marathon, which like I like to run downhill yeah. marathons. Yeah. Or like net downhills, like mountains to beach. Yeah. Or, or rolling. Yeah. Again, like Richmond. Yeah. 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 That's just so funny. So speaking of our training. We update, yeah. We ran 16 and a half, almost a half. It's, it counts. It's, yeah, it counts. It counts. Miles this weekend, and we survived. <laughs> yeah, so we were going to do 17 miles. But then we also were like, or three hours. Three hours. Because, and we had time constraints. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing, is that we could have gone a little longer if we had had I mean, the time constraint. I mean, we still did with our did walk after. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always count our walk as right. part of our distance once we get over, like... Once you really get over 13 miles of running, yeah. I don't know, that's going to be arbitrary, but once you get over a half marathon of running, it doesn't matter what you do after 13 miles, right. like it can be a run or a walk, and it counts. It does, and and like Jeff says, it counts, so it counts. Um, that's right. If, if that's Jeff right. Galloway tells us it counts, then it counts. <laughs> Jeff Galloway said... Whatever Jeff says. Jeff Galloway told me that I would be faster if I stood on my head for a minute before <laughs> every run and ate three marshmallows yes. while singing the national anthem, I would do it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, what size marshmallow? <laughs> the jumbo, the yeah. little ones. The- yeah. <laughs> what size? Um, so, yeah, so we did, we ended up doing three hours to the, you know, we just stopped at three hours. It was 16.4. We ran with, we did 1530s the whole time. We did. And 1530s were feeling, again, like, we're going to sound like a broken record, but they were just, like, so easy they gave us so much recovery, but they weren't too slow. We didn't right. like end up with you know where they're too taking too long, and and we feel like we have to speed up or something. They, yeah, we didn't push the fifteen second runs. We just they just were what they were. They just let us get into a groove, and yeah, we felt great. I mean, granted, the rest of the day and the next day I was sore. I'm <laughs> I not gonna say I felt as good as I did after our. 11. I mean, I was it, sore. it is a pretty big, like, that's a 50% increase in mm-hmm. mileage and distance. So that's True. like kind of understandable. I had a little bit of calf tightness that I had during the run as well. But I mean, for the most part, I felt pretty good. Although it's so yesterday, we only did four and a half miles. And I remember like saying during our, during our long run, I was like, I was like, on Tuesday, we can run shorter. Like, yeah. that was like my little carrot. I was like, on Tuesday, we're not going to run six miles. Yeah. <laughs> and so I held true to that. But we still did 48 minutes. Um, yeah, it's, I, I am, I'm still feeling good. So I'm still like hoping that, you know, this marathon is going to happen and, you know, I'll be able to get safely through it. One of the interesting things, and I read this in Stacey Sims' book, Roar. I, like, reread the Should You Take the Pregnant, a pregnant chapter. Pause chapter. Yeah. And one of the things it said is it said that when you're pregnant, your body is going to keep you from going anaerobic, which is really interesting. And, like, that's a protection for the pregnancy. And I did notice that I could not get my heart rate over 180 
when we were out on the trail yesterday. Really? Yeah, Which and usually, I mean, strange sometimes for me hard because to go to 195, 200. And so Naomi can tell you, like, I was, there weren't very many intervals that I was, like, pushing really oh. hard. But I was, like, <laughs> you were pushing. I was, I like, was running, like, a five something pace, yes. 530, 540. Five, yeah, I looked down at one point, it was 525. I literally, in my mind, so I do two things in running with Liz. I do just keep up with her, just stay with Liz, because no matter what, even when she's pregnant, I cannot stay up with her. Keep up with her. And the other thing I do is like, like yesterday, I'm like, what is she doing? Why is she pushing? <laughs> I like question, and I'm like, I'm just gonna slow down. Why is she doing this to us? <laughs> so that's what I thought yesterday. I was like, why is she pushing? So, and then I and then I kept up as so hard as I tried. Here's what happened. I <laughs> felt like the run segments were start. We were doing 30 30s, and I felt like the run segments were starting to get really fast. And I was like, why is Naomi running these so fast? <laughs> no. And so I was like, I was like, okay, she wants to take these out at this pace. I'm just going to speed them up as we go. Because they felt fast to me to start. And I was like, well, if they're going to start this fast, I'll just push them faster. Because yeah. that makes sense. that's how you do it. But, um, but I do have this, like, <laughs> game that I like to play. I just kind of count 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so I just go out, like, yeah. the first 10 First 10 at whatever pace, and I'll stay, like, I mean, it's, like, a half a shoulder behind her for the first 10, and then I'll move up and be shoulder to shoulder for 10 seconds, and then I'll push ahead for 10 seconds, and that's when it gets up in that pace, and that's when I get to see that pace, like, kind of climb in Garmin, but... But I, there were, like, three or four of them at the end right before we got to this really big hill, which I knew we were going to walk the whole damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, like, I was, like, okay, like... I wonder, my hurry was hovering about 174, which for me is the beginning of my, the very end of my green and the beginning of my orange, because I'm set to a lactate threshold heart rate of 186. And so I'm holding right there and I'm having like, I was feeling like I was pushing into getting to that 183, 184, 185, like where I start to like where all the worries go away and I feel like I can hold it for like, yeah, which is weird that it just feels like I can hold that forever. Like I joke, that's where marathon Liz lives. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't get over 180. Yeah. The anaerobic does feel easier because you don't have to breathe. Like I do feel easier up when I get above my lactate threshold, which is 175. I do. It, yeah, it can either feel horrible if it's like I, you know, my heart rate's going up there for almost no reason, like when right. I'm, or it feels really, really easy, and that's where I can sustain. That's where I still look back at my Army Ten from last fall because it was crazy because it was you know an yeah. hour and twenty minutes, and I kind of wish I'd gotten sixteen seconds off of that, so it could have been right under seventeen seconds. But hour and twenty minutes of literally being at lactate threshold the entire time, yeah. except for maybe five minutes, and that's like insane that I just held a heart rate of like 175 for that long but it didn't feel hard like did you I run straight it, during that I race? did run straight except for water stops yeah so I, I ran straight and I, I don't think I carried water at that race I think I took stops I think you would have um, been faster had you done I like know four we've and t- 30 we've talked about that <laughs> well so but the again like I trained by myself was locking into more of like an eight minute yeah run pace and not, not locking into our like 720 that we do now and that's so. that's kind of one of the benefits of like running together or yes. running with somebody who 
um, like we have different, Naomi and I have different strengths in running. And one of my strengths is foot speed and turnover. Like, but one of the things that I really struggle with is actually running for longer segments. Like it would probably serve me really well to run a four or five minute block at eight flat. But like, I just, I mean, I was actually thinking about that the um, yesterday, I was like, man, we should really do like a two mile block where we try to hit about a nine flat, mm-hmm. but we do it with a longer run segment yeah. just to work on, okay. Even 60 seconds. I was thinking that too, that we need to yeah. start doing some 60, 30s, some 90, yeah. 30s because we but have like, all of doing short. And try, uh, try not to go super fast, right? but just to practice some sustained running. Yes. Um, because I have no problem holding, you know, six fifty, which, I mean, that really tends to be towards the top of my my like natural Range. run page pace. I would say my natural run speed is somewhere between seven twenty five and six fifty. Like yeah. I kind of like go in between there. Yeah. But I have a hard time holding that for more than forty five seconds. Right. <laughs> I know. I think we do need to spend a little more time on the longer yeah um, intervals. But if we. Yeah, you know. I mean, but also, we could I just know. run the whole marathon at 15.30. We also, I know. That's the other thing. It's like, we're also in this point of, like, you know, you're pregnant. So it's like, yeah. we just want to keep that in the forefront, especially yeah. for this race. I do, I'm still now, like, feeling, like, a little more confident that I could possibly go do Philly three weeks later. So I haven't, I still yeah. haven't dropped. And actually, yesterday, I was like, I took a gamble. I... My foot felt good all good. day. And last night I got home and it was nice out. And I was like, do I go down on my bike? Yeah. Because I actually had energy last night, which is That's unusual because lately it's been like I get home and I'm just dropping. And Scott, my husband's home, you know, grilling. And I was like, are you going to be here for a while? Like maybe I'll go out for a run outside instead of going down yeah. on my bike. And I was like, this might be a really bad idea with my foot. And it was great. Okay. Oh, no pain today either. Yay! So I went, ended up, and I was going to do 30 minutes, and it was starting to get dark, and I somehow, because of where I went, ended up being four miles and 45 minutes about. And I did 2020s, and I practiced a little bit of what you have taught me, which is that on those, like, so instead of letting each, you know, 20 seconds start fast and slow down, I'm like, I'm just counting down, like, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and let the next, 10, you know, and this was only, like, at mile three or yeah. four towards the end, where I'm counting down, and so that... In each twenty second, I'm building and not slowing down. So one of those, one of the ways that I do that is I focus on instead of bigger steps, I focus on quicker yes. turnover, and that's how. I mean, my cadence has improved. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it has improved though since even since 2019. Yeah, my cadence has come up so high, which. I, I know that they say, like, oh, you should be at a 180 cadence, but I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like quicker is better. Like, I yeah. really do. I like feel if like you're at 200 and something, great. I mean. Because you're lighter. The faster you are, the lighter your steps are. We yeah. were noticing that, actually, over the weekends when ran by us, and their footsteps were so heavy. Yeah. And, yeah, look at the look at My cadence. cadence. This was last night. And, yeah, I'm getting so much more of the purple. So if, you've gar- yeah. if you're in the Garmin app, you'll see that, like, green and blue is around that 180 where they want you to be. And then purple is, like, above 200. Yeah. And then and then they have red for, like, your walking cadence. And so – and my heart rate was maybe because it was nice and yeah, cool out cool. last night. Yeah. 124 for average heart rate. So I did not push this at all because I knew, That's again, great. it was a gamble to even go out and try something on my foot. Um and That's I, you know, awesome. my, but you can see where some of them start to build probably towards yeah. the end. I'm starting to like pick it up and have, you know, a higher 
That's um, awesome. average run speed. Ugh. But my my run speed, like where yours is on that faster and towards the seven, mine typically will be seven forty five to so like yeah. seven twenty five is the high end of my range of my right. normal natural foot but speed. But you is. can naturally, but you can hold it a lot. I longer. can hold the seven forty five for a while. Right, but, but that's where that's where like a lot of our training has played to my strength, and yeah. like I think you're right. We need to go to some longer training and not let me dictate the pace. You know, and, like, really try to focus on staying in that slower yeah. run speed, but for longer duration. I mean, I'm averaging 8.30, 8.40 on a lot of my 20-second streak. But right. 20 seconds is hard to, like, get into a groove anyway. But, right. oh, Penny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Penny. Well, is it almost time to wrap it up and go for a walk? <laughs> I think she hears Brian upstairs. I uh, think that's what's going on. But I think she's going to be okay. She's already gone to the bathroom today. <laughs> um, do we have any other topics that we want to talk about today? I don't know. Did we have anything else on the oh agenda gosh. besides kind of the other just, Boston? Just so talking about that. Yeah, Boston cutoffs. It'll be interesting to see. I think speculation is going to be like five, at least five minutes, if not, you know, yeah. six minutes of um, under your cutoff time, which is kind of so disheartening right now as someone who's like, okay, I want to yeah. train and qualify now at, right now I need a, I still need a 340. I'm like looking forward to four years from now when I need a, you know, a 340, a 350. But um, that's like so it's disheartening. It's not 345, it goes to 350. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I know. It goes to 350 <laughs> at 40, uh, the next age group. Oh, that's 45. awesome. Yes. So when we are 45. So it's so disheartening though to be like, well, now I don't need a 339, I need a 333. And that's that's, that's just so, so, hard. so hard. I have to tell you, like it is so hard to run that fast because I mean, yeah, eight flat is hard. Yeah, so it's so that's kind of like depressing for anyone out there who's like like me in that zone of like I haven't qualified yet. You know, make major emphasis on the yet because it'll happen. Obviously, yeah. it'll happen when I'm sixty four. <laughs> Well, you know, here's the here's the thing about all of these times. They're so mental, and I feel like everyone who has qualified would agree with this. Is like once you do it, once you are there once, it does get easier as long as you kind of maintain and you're able to health healthily maintain the fitness right. to be there. I think the I think the people who have qualified once or twice maybe got fit without being healthy. Right. And that's why then they struggled. Like, I I know um, at least one one friend of mine, um, she did, she worked really hard to qualify, and I think at the time her qualifying time was a 345. She ran a 342, worked super hard to get there, and didn't get in because it you needed because like you a need like big buffer. Six or seven minutes. Some yeah, years. you needed a four four. I think that was or the year the four fifty one, yeah. four fifty two, whatever it was. Yeah, and she was so disheartened, but like then really struggled to run faster than eleven minute miles. Yeah. So because it, she didn't get to that Boston qualifying time through health, she just got right. fit enough to do it, and I think that's. Um, I mean, that's a really it's really important to make sure that you are maintaining your health as you're training. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at it now, like, i much, you know, I'm glad that I'm healthier now, yeah. even if maybe I'm not as, you know, fit as I have been in the past. It's like I'm much more, you know, healthier overall, and that's that's more valuable. That's yeah. Just so much more important. I mean, it is. <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't know how 
you lived like with a cold twenty four percent of the time, like or whatever, like right. twenty four hours get the a day or whatever. Infections, yeah. and stuff. I like, mean, I swear, I feel like you had a cold from like twenty seventeen when we started running until. You got pregnant with Julian. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, like, always had it. You're like, oh, I'm coming down with something. I'm coming down, you know. Yeah. Um, even with Julian, like, you will come down with something and it then rebounds. get better. Yeah. You know, it's it was like you never kicked it because your job is really stressful, too. Right. And that's another piece, like, none of us really, like, give enough credit to. Like, life stress counts. Stress pie. Yeah, life yeah. stress is, like, part of your overall stress. Yeah, so. stress is stress. Your body doesn't see miles. That's why it's great to go to time-based. Yeah. And that way you're not worrying about – even Jim Walmsley on Swap. They interviewed him yeah. on Swap, and he's talking about time-based and how, like, yeah. that way you're not stressing about whether, you know, you're going out for five hours, you're, and if you're Jim Walmsley, you're not stressing whether that's a 30K or 50K on the trails. Yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, yeah. So stress is stress, and your body doesn't see the difference. So yeah. Your body doesn't see the difference of – whether it's, you know, life stress, work stress, family stress, stuff going on in, you know, your personal life versus your training versus anything else. Yeah. So, or not eating and enough stress. Remember, it's just running. Right? <laughs> it's just running. It's really it's, it's not what a we big do deal. for recreation. <laughs> um, it's, it's supposed we, to be fun. Yeah, exactly. If you're not enjoying yourself, maybe find something else to do. And yep. You know, you're just a person that runs. You're not a runner, so don't let it define you. Um, you're a person that runs. You're a person first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I guess moving on, we need some questions. We need you guys to ask us something so yeah. we can share more insight and advice. Hopefully you like this episode where, you know, kind of talking about where you are in the pack and is Boston – you know, something does it matter? to qualify for it or not. Does it matter? <laughs> does it matter? And, you know, don't definitely don't feel left out if Boston is not something that's even on your radar. If you're like, oh, like I'm a middle of the packer, like I'm never going to, like it's not even a goal I want. Like there are plenty, even if you want to run the Boston right. Marathon. And and you might want to run it like I do. I want to, I want to get all the world majors eventually. Yeah. And so I don't have, you know, I don't really care about what I run them in. Actually, I've now shown that my both my Chicago and New York have been some of my slower races. So I'm like, well, maybe the majors are just going to be slow. I mean, you ran four ten in Chicago. That's I know, not but a it's slow race. Thirty minutes off what I yeah was supposed to do. It's so, not. It's still not a slow not race. Slow, but but you know they're not going to necessarily be my my race. You know, because clearly yeah. I need a quiet race for my <sighs> race performances. I don't know. I've always PR'd in Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> twice, yeah, always, always. Twice. I'm never going back to Chicago. <laughs> so that I, actually, so I would run Chicago. That. I would run Chicago in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's kind of a weird time of year, but like I would, you know, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, again, just a creature of habit, like to redo the same things yeah. over and over. Chicago is coming up too. Yeah. Oh, I was also it's looking two back. Weeks. Two or three weeks. Yesterday in my memories was the day I left for Ohio for Air Force. Air Force so it was later. Yeah, um, it moves around, I guess. Yeah. Um, so whatever. It probably I, depends on how early Labor Day is. Because yeah. it's like probably two weeks after Labor Day or yeah, something. Yeah. So. so it's just crazy. I'll, I'll start seeing my memories when I um, ran a marathon, paced a marathon, and had 16 hours of recovery afterwards. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> According to my watch, which is... <laughs> 
insane. That was that was so insane. That, yeah, that fall you were so yeah. fit. Fit again, yeah. you know, so fit, so fit. Um, that was. Let me tell you, Air Force was one of the hardest marathons I've ever run because there is zero shade yeah. from mile seventeen on. It is direct sun. They black flat the course that day, right? Um, I can't remember if they black flagged my year. They black flagged. I think they did. I know know. that they black flagged in like 17 or 18. Yeah. It's, it's just hot. It's, it's really hard. Um, I mean, it was, it was great. I would definitely do it again. Um, but it was definitely a hard, hot, would have been hot even if the weather was cold. Right. Right. (laughs) Just direct sun. Yeah. Direct sun is tough. And that's something to like know about the races that you're going to. Like what does the course, like, are you going to be in direct sun? Because that that can really matter and really make a difference. Yeah, and like we said, weather doesn't necessarily matter, and it that's it has to be... It does and it doesn't. What, right, it does and it doesn't. So, yes, it can play a role into what happens. But with, like, with Mountains of Beach, what we did was we just kept saying for the few weeks before that, whatever the temperature was, 60, whatever yeah. we say it was going to be, we were saying, like, oh, 60 oh, degrees is perfect. Perfect day to run a marathon. Perfect weather I, like, marathon. made a fake weather predictor, and I, like, put the date. Yeah. And I put, like, the, some something, and I said, the the weather is perfect for a marathon. Right. And so if you just tell yourself that, and we did, we kept telling ourselves that, yeah. we didn't psych ourselves out about it, and it, then it ended up being, we were right in line with what we could physically do based on, yeah. again, our lack of training. Versus in prior years, I would have spiraled about it being humid and in the 60s. I would have, like, you know, freaked out. And so instead, by telling ourselves that um, it was going to yeah. be perfect running weather because your brain believes the lies your mouth tells you. Absolutely. Tells That's, so, like, my favorite saying. Tell, so. Yeah, so tell yourself those lies and then you'll believe them. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great day, and hopefully we will come back. I, I'm hoping that we have time for some bonus episodes Ooh, bonus. because— I would like to do, and we're going to need feedback on this, I would like to actually maybe even do like a little mini series about uh, where you can ask questions and we can talk about what it was like running through infertility treatment and yeah. then now and into pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether to make it a completely separate podcast that maybe we promo on this one. We do like a little promo mm-hmm. for, or we just stick them in as bonus episodes. Yeah. So yeah, that'll so, be good. I think we do need to do a little series on pregnancy yeah. running, IVF running. And so yeah, yeah maybe those so, will be a separate little series. Because I think that there's a lot of like topics because doctors are going to give some advice. Yeah. And and, like, there are some times where you do have to follow it. And then there are mm-hmm. some times where they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's, you know, and we can present some evidence, too. Yeah. <laughs> Our opinions plus evidence. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we will talk to you guys later. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.